Hi guys, welcome back to I'm Not Fine. We're up to our second episode for season three. Yes. We've got some really good episodes coming to this season. Yeah. We've got, not yeah. to toot our own No, definitely not. <laughs> but we had a good um, response. Yeah, we had a good brainstorming session and we took a lot of your responses from yeah. Instagram and then some that we were feeling. And yeah, so we're, we're excited. excited about this. Yeah, season. absolutely. Um, we hope we hope as well the things that we discuss over the next however many weeks. I say however many because I can't count. Um, we <laughs> 14 hope, weeks. Thank you. Well, wonderful. Um, we hope that they're like, you know, if you're in recovery, beneficial for your recovery. Yes. And um, if you are somebody who is interested in eating disorders or supporting someone with an eating disorder, we hope that you'll take something away too. Yes, we're trying to cater to the whole eating disorder community. Yes, yes. On that note, today's episode is going to be about ways to stay accountable in eating disorder recovery. Yes, and as you probably have picked up by now, we love starting with a good old definition. <laughs> we do love a definition. We want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, I feel like it's very, like, I don't know, like, academic like essay <laughs> writing of us which is a vibe yes um so what do we mean by accountable so we kind of mean not kind of we actually mean <laughs> the definition of accountable but it's about being upfront and responsible for your recovery to be able to justify your decisions and actions as recovery focused rather than eating disorder driven yes Exactly. And when we mean justify, we don't mean like, you know, in a court of law. Like no. You have to <laughs> no one's going to grill you on your decisions. <laughs> no, but it's really important to check in with yourself and check in with your supports yeah. and be able to say, hey, this is what I'm doing in recovery. Yeah. Um, and conversely, this is what I need help with yes. in recovery. Yes, good point. So now that we've got our cute little definitions <laughs> out of the way, let's talk about some ways to stay accountable. Yeah. I think the first one is kind of... I don't know. It seems pretty like it makes a lot of sense. Yes. But if you're in a position where you have a treatment team, having a really good treatment team that you see regularly is yeah. a good way to stay accountable. Yeah. It's a way to stay accountable to other people as well as yourself. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think the right people who yes. know what you need in recovery. Yes. And I think, um, yeah, flagging it as if you're able is a really great way of putting it because we are in 2021. Yes. Um, access to eating disorder treatment is becoming more and more of a privilege absolutely as um, more and more people are presenting it's just harder to get a good team yeah absolutely and like wait times are just astronomical at the moment yeah so we um, get it not everyone can not have. everyone can but if if you can having a multidisciplinary team yes. is amazing very important and in that team we mean like having a gp or a doctor that you see regularly a psychiatrist a psychologist and a dietitian yes that's like the dream team vibe yes. when we get to eating disorder treatment. Why is it important to have all these different people? Well, everyone has a different role to play in yeah. the team. Like your dietitian is going to be responsible for your meal plan and yes. also for debunking any food-related and body weight-related myths that you may have yes. or thoughts rather than myths that you may have. Yes. So they're your go-to person for anything to do with meal plans, food, weight, shape. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have, I guess, yeah, because eating disorders are so complex, we need to have our person for each sort of facet of recovery. Yeah. And we acknowledge in that that it's not just the nutritional recovery. No, it's definitely um, not. But the nutritional recovery is super so important. <laughs> but then it's just as important to have a GP or psychiatrist, especially in refeeding because yes. you need medical monitoring. Oh, my God, do you ever. And also like meds. Absolutely. Meds are great. Yes, meds are so great. Yeah. We love meds. <laughs> we actually have an episode coming, not come, well, 
an episode this season that yes. will be about the stigma of medication, the importance yeah. of taking medication, how it can help you and yes. all of that. Yes, I'm a huge fan of my medication. Yes, we are um, advocates for psych meds. Yes. And I wish also, they were a little cheaper. Yeah, oh, would make the advocacy a bit easier too. Definitely. Um, cool. Okay, so this team, preferably multidisciplinary. Yes. If you can't quite get there, especially this year with the access issues, what, what's the bare minimum? The bare minimum would be a GP because, yeah. as we said, medical monitoring is so important. They yep. need to check that you're stable. And that doesn't include just when you're relapsing. That includes when you're in recovery as well. Like when you're in refeeding is especially important, yeah. just as important as when you're in a relapse to have the medical monitoring. Yes, definitely. And I think also I know for me, in the past, like it was, I was really anxious when I turned turned an adult. When I grew up, <laughs> 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 I became an adult. I don't know. Am I an adult? Um, Technically, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Practically, yeah. Um, when I when I became an adult, I was really anxious about getting a GP who was really really well versed with eating disorders. Yeah. But that can be really hard, and it you just very also, hard to find. Yeah. Also. Just know that if you can't find someone who specializes in eating disorders, if you find a good GP who's willing to work with you. Yeah, and they and if they are a good doctor, they will be yeah. they'll want to work with you. They'll do the research, they'll yeah. put in the hours to find out and do everything that they can to help you. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of my GP. He he has been amazing. And he didn't he didn't have a huge background in eating disorders. Yeah. So I think on that note with the GP, doesn't have to be no. an eating disorder specialist, just someone who's willing to work with you Absolutely. and learn. Yeah. I think it's the most important Definitely. Because you want someone that wants to build their knowledge base so they can help you as best as they can. Yes. Um, because eating disorders aren't really taught as like, you know, like you don't get no. a whole module, I imagine. No. Well, they Hopefully in the future you do. Yeah. But it's, it's a bit of an unknown. It is. So it's good if you find a team that is either well-versed in eating disorders or is keen and able to learn about them. Yes, definitely. And on that note of team, what's the most important part about having a team? The Using them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's great to have a team and have appointments and everything, yeah. but you need to use them. You need to work with them. It's all of them plus you against your eating disorder, not all of them against you. Yes. Not Yeah. It's not you and your eating disorder against the world, guys. No, definitely um, not. Also, I think I've said this before and it's such a cliche, but, like, you can't recover via osmosis. No. You can't go to the, your appointments and just sit there and get the waves of recovery vibes <laughs> from your dietitian. No, or your, it doesn't really work like that. No, no. You, you, have, just sit, you can't just sit there passively and let them no. talk at you. Like, I think we've both tried that before. Oh, yeah, definitely. You can guarantee it does not work. I have had appointments where I've sat in silence <laughs> and it's just – it's not as helpful as when you're no. engaged. And it's a little painful. Yes, it's painful for you to sit through, and I'm sure it's painful for your yeah. treating practitioner to sit through as well, although they would never say it. They would not, no. Um, yeah, use them. Yes. And by that we mean be honest with them. Yeah. It's okay if you're not ready to, you know, take all their advice and run No, with absolutely. It. Like no one's expecting you to rock up to your first appointment and be like, I'm here, give me everything you've got, I'm going to recover tomorrow. Like yeah. unfortunately it doesn't work like I that. mean you may go along with that attitude, which is brilliant. <laughs> great. But just, just, you know, temper it a little bit and know that you're not going to be recovering tomorrow. No. Uh, it would be wonderful if you were, but that's not even the sort of yeah, so just be honest. And yeah. that means that if you're struggling, let them yes. know. 
to reach out to them. They yeah. don't know you're struggling. Well, some of them can tell you're yeah. struggling, but really they don't know what you're struggling with. Like they don't know what the issue is unless you tell them what the issue is. Yes. And it's okay. Sorry, I just no, cut you okay. off. I was just going to say it's okay to be struggling yes. and to tell them that. Like they don't expect for you to come in one week, they tell you all the things to do and then you go home and do it and everything's peachy and you come back the next week and you're like, yes, I had no issues. Like yeah. nobody is expecting that to happen. Not at all. And you making their job easier is you being honest. With exactly. Them. I know there's this huge idea from our eating disorders that if you, you know, if you're honest and you say that you're struggling, you're going to make their life harder. That ain't the truth. Definitely not. You're going to make your eating disorder's life harder. Yeah. If you are and you're going to make the treatment team's life a easier. bit easier. Absolutely. They, they don't want to grill you. Like they don't want to have to ask the hard questions. They will if they need to, if they know you're struggling and you're not letting them in. But it's not serving you to pretend that everything's fine. No. And they don't they, they can't help you work through things that they don't know you're experiencing exactly. explicitly. Because there's so much that goes on in even the sort of recovery and relapse that you need to voice. Otherwise yes. your supports, your treatment team will be like, What sort of it where is she at? Like what's yeah. the stage of change? What is she thinking? Yeah. Or he exactly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just talking about each other and she. But yeah, he, she, they, what are they thinking? Um, okay. What else? I think, I think we've, we you very much said it right when you said that it's your eating disorder and no, it's not. <laughs> Let's try wow. <laughs> it's your team and you against your eating yes. disorder. There we go. Got it they right. want to work with you. Yes. Which is also really empowering for you and helps you to engage in recovery more yeah. is when you've got a team that doesn't want to do the work for you, but no. they want to enable you to do the work. Yeah. And they help you realize how shitty it is with living with your eating disorder. Yeah. And I how think you that's really important. Where yeah. you want to get to a point where you're like sick of having the eating disorder. Yeah. That's a good turning point. Yeah. Um, okay. So once we talk, once we've, you know, hopefully got a team involved, yes. where to? How else can you be accountable? Another way that I found very helpful to be accountable in recovery is to use apps. And we are not talking about MyFitnessPal. <laughs> that is not the app to use. No. That is an eating disorders best friend, yes. not a recovery-focused best friend. Yes. Um, but there is a recovery-esque version, not recovery-esque. It's a very recovery, pro-recovery app. Yes. Called... It's the recovery version of <laughs> Yes, the recovery version of MyFitnessPal is what I was trying to get at. <laughs> we got that. <laughs> Um, it's called recovery record you can do it on your own with a clinician you can link into a clinician or you can link like a family member or someone that you trust or you yes. can just do it on your own I've done it both on my own and with a dietitian and I was in different stages at both of those times yeah. so it worked for me where I was at both of those versions yeah. of using recovery record and what does recovery record involve so it involves it's like an app similar to in the same vein as my fitness pal, in yeah. that you log your food yes. that you eat. Yes. It doesn't have anything to do with calories. Important distinctions. Yes. <laughs> no calories, no minimums, no goals. Yes. Just it's just you take a picture of your food. You can do a before and after if you need to, if that's where you're at. Yeah. You can take a picture of your food. You can upload what you ate. You it asks you your feelings, whether you ate enough, too much, not enough. It caters for all eating disorders, not just restrictive eating disorders, which I think is really important. And yeah, it allows you to be linked with a clinic or like a family member which means that they see what you log they don't just see the food that you eat they see your feelings around the food how you felt like before and after if it was a difficult meal if it was an enjoyable meal whatever you choose to log they will see 
that's incredible. Like I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean that sarcastically. Like I've I've experienced the 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 um light version, the the original version <laughs> of recovery record, which I can't remember what it was, where you do record on an app, but then you have to like copy this link and then send it via oh, email. That's so archaic. I know. <laughs> no, recovery so record is, is amazing. This is wild. Yeah. Excellent. And you can also like message with your clinician. Oh like, God. yeah, they can send you messages or they can comment on like a day's food. It's like, a, it's like, like, it's like Instagram. It is like an Instagram. <laughs> it's like how you only... Instagram stories. <laughs> it's like Instagram, but the only person that sees it is your clinician or loved one that you're linked with. So you're close friends, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing that's really cool is that it does kind of, I said it doesn't have goals, but it doesn't have goals in the way that my fitness like, pal does. Yeah. yeah. It has <laughs> goals in terms of like eating six times a day. So you collect like little puzzle pieces and if you oh eat six God. times in a day you get the six puzzle pieces and then it gives you like a quote or a you song. love that like goal-oriented <laughs> achievement yeah and it shows you the picture at the end of the day and you can choose to put that you skipped a meal and it's still like it then asks you other questions about like why you skipped what was the motivation feelings around it and stuff and it still gives you a quote or something but <laughs> it's like a it's it's more of a like you know don't see this as a fail kind of quote yeah. it's really yeah i think it caters to eating disorders really well i think yeah. it's a very well done app absolutely excellent thank you for that <laughs> so right. i'm very passionate about it. <laughs> I just, it helps me so much like when i was not doing well when i did it not linked in with a clinician and i wasn't doing particularly well but it was good for me to see so that yeah i could see that i wasn't completely like failing no failing in inverted commas but i wasn't like doing as I guess not struggling as much as I thought I was, not in a negative way, but a like I could look back and say, okay, I've haven't hit my six meals today, but I've done yeah. more than I did the day before or stuff like that. So it's a good record for that. Yeah. But then once I went once <laughs> I started doing it with my dietitian, that was probably like the biggest, not the biggest game changer in recovery, because I was pretty far into recovery when I did it, but it was yeah. the thing that just helped facilitate me getting Shifted. off a meal plan yeah. yeah I think also I imagine um and I know like if I look back when I did do it in that you know okay cave, caveman <laughs> sort of vibes a few years ago um sort of being able to look at a certain day and be like oh that's why I struggle yeah like having that ability to like type in like I felt really full or whatever exactly or you have like a big milestone or something yeah it, yeah it's kind of like a journal in that you can see yeah, exactly. It, it why you it, struggled or why something was a difficult day. Yeah, and it reminds you again and again that an eating disorder is not like a it's choice. Not, yes. It's something that happens because it's a coping mechanism in some way. For other things, yeah. exactly. Um, it can also be really helpful for if you are having a day that you're struggling and you can look back at a day that was really good and you can say, okay, not every day is like yes. this. Not every day is hard. I've had really good days, so I know I'll have good days again. Yeah, that's an excellent way of putting it into perspective. Cool. Didn't mean to go on such a big rant about <laughs> the recovery record, but it is a really good way to stay accountable, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so too. And I think bouncing off what we spoke about last week in terms of body imaging disorder awareness week, our next point about connecting with recovery-focused accounts on Instagram. Yeah. If there is a place for it. Exactly. The recovery community has evolved, which we had this discussion hey, when we God. talked about when we talked with Imogen, yeah. it's evolved a lot, which is so good because it used to be a, it can still be quite toxic, but it used to be a very unhelpful place. Like there weren't the accounts that we have today that are really motivating and recovery focused. It was just yeah. a whole bunch of 
really disordered people like melting together and it yeah. was just a big and I think, mess. Yeah, and I think the a really great part of this eating disorder recovery community today is that people call each other out on things yeah, that aren't helpful. Definitely. Whereas back in the day, it was just unhelpful yeah, for everyone. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, everyone's like, each other. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Um, so, so yes, in the evolution of the Instagram community, there's some really positive accounts. Yeah. Really, and I, sorry, I keep cutting you, you off. Are, I'm joking. <laughs> you going to say really recovery I was focused. Going to cut you off there. Um, yeah, really positive and recovery focused accounts and really real accounts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I appreciate the most as someone who does follow some recovery accounts on Instagram is the genuine, the authenticity. Yeah. The, the showing the struggles that not every day is sunshine and rainbows and nailing whatever you needed to achieve that day yeah absolutely i think as always with online and any sort of source of information <laughs> not even online be discerning yeah um family really and stick to those who have the lived experience or professional credentials yes to provide very important a safe place yes and very important with the professional credentials, make sure they're legit. Yeah. Like we're not telling you to Google this person's like master's degree or whatever, no. but make sure that they have the proper credentials, that they're not just calling themselves as a nutritionist because they've, I don't know, watched a lot of TikToks. Yes, exactly. And we say that because even subconsciously, if we know someone has or is professing to have certain credentials, we take their advice or their viewpoint more heavily. Yeah, it's got more gravity behind yeah. it. So it's really important to just make sure that the people you are following who are professionals are actually professional. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll be taking on their information and be like, mm, yeah, they're saying the right. Nope, they're not saying that. Exactly. At all. So it's very important to be discerning. And also mm. my favourite point is go for a real vibe, not a good vibe. So yeah. you want the authenticity, you want the ups and downs. You don't just want toxic positivity where every day is amazing and there's no struggles. Yeah, and with toxic positivity we also mean like people who may say, oh, I don't, I don't listen to bad emotions are yeah. into bad thoughts yeah the idea of moralizing feelings and food and anything like that to only focus on the good is that's not, not okay it's no. not helpful it's not helpful to anyone and it's not real life no because if you follow accounts like that then if you have a really anxious or depressed or like angry day you're going to think there's something wrong with you because yeah. you feel bad and you're going to bash yourself up over being human yeah fuck that yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that no so the next one, oh, it's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It's a very important way to be accountable, but yes. it's also very freaking hard. Yeah. So using supports. Yeah. Your loved ones. Yes. Whoever they are. We're not just talking about professional supports. Eating well, eating <laughs> disorder recovery is what I was trying to say. <laughs> it really takes a whole village, like yeah. not just a professional team, but you need to have people in your personal life yeah. that are going to be able to help you, whether it's loved ones, friends, family, like spouse, I don't know, your neighbour if you get along really well. Yeah. Like you need people in your life. Yeah, people in your corner. And, yeah, just acknowledging that everyone's at different stages of life and may not have the best relationships with some people. Like yeah. your family, your parents might not be the best people for you. No. That's okay. It might be that you need support from friends more than you need from your parents or yeah. your siblings or whoever. whoever it is or it might be that like it's an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent yeah like there's no right way to no. seek support in your personal life but just you need to really trust the person yeah and you need to know that they're going to be there for you yes and you also need to know that you have the boundaries to protect you absolutely 
to protect you both is very important when it comes to boundaries. Yeah. Um, so what we mean by that is sort of knowing where the line is with some yeah. sort of level of communication, being able to maybe have like, uh, I was going to say safe word, that sounds a bit weird, <laughs> um, but like have like, you know, a phrase, code words, code words yeah. things that you can maybe message and be like, I'm not okay. And they know what that means. Yeah. Rather than you saying I'm not okay, because that can be really, really hard sometimes. Yes, exactly. So sort of. Yeah, being able to have open communication with this person or people. Yeah. Um, and get what you need whilst also preserving their mental health. Absolutely. Because it's not about using someone until you've like used up every last drop of support that they yeah. had and then moving on to the next person. It really is. It's a partnership. You need to, yeah, it's a partnership. You need to be able to preserve and prolong the friendship and preserve both of your mental abilities. Yeah. And in that, um, Communication. Communication is so important. Yeah. And that goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are the person struggling, it's really important to be able to voice that in some way yeah. to your person. And the person, if they're finding it really difficult or worried about someone, being able to check in and not feel as if you're going to be overstepping or something. Yeah, yeah. overstepping or get into a like a conflict. Yeah, you don't think, want it to be a series of fights. Yeah, it's really important to find a middle ground with this stuff and also acknowledge that this shit is hard and eating yeah. disorders will create conflict. Definitely, they do love a bit of conflict. Yeah, and being able to, it's really hard, but like I know with when I was younger and I'd have a huge fight with my parents, being able to step back and realise, oh, that wasn't me. Yeah. That was, that was the eating disorder. That was the eating disorder. And then, of course, like, you know, make amends and apologise yeah. and know that, you know, actions have consequences and all of that, but try and both be as empathetic as possible. The best way to set up a good support, like, relationship is to do it and not when you're, I'm like I say, in, I'm going to say when you're in a good headspace, but I don't necessarily mean, like, when you're in a recovery oriented or like not in, not in a relapse, but rather when you're in a space where you can talk, when it's not going to be turned into an angry conversation straight yes. away. Like you need to be able to ask for the support and like lay out the boundaries and everything in a constructive way, not in an inflammatory way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it will be uncomfortable. Yeah, it's but, not a fun conversation to have. But that's the nature of it. Absolutely. Um, oh, yes, this one, the bottom of that one. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. Yes. Favourite? Yes. Something that really helped me a lot, put your meal plan um, somewhere obvious in the kitchen to promote transparency. So yes. I had mine on the fridge. And this was when I was living in a share house, not living with Emma, but before we moved in together. Yes. Um, so I wasn't living with family. They're all safely up in Brisbane in a COVID-free environment. Oh, the dream. <laughs> the dream. Um, but I had my meal plan on the fridge and that wasn't because I wanted my housemates to be like, have you eaten your yeah. X amount of snacks for morning tea, whatever. I just wanted it there so that I knew that I had to eat six times a day. But also, and this, I don't know if this, this is definitely, I don't know what I'm trying to say about this, but I wanted them to know, to it know yeah, that it was prescribed and it made me feel better yeah. if I ate when they didn't eat because I could be like, I have to eat it, it's prescribed, like it's yeah on on the fridge. Yeah, it's so, sort of forcing your hand. Exactly. I was like, I don't have a choice, I have to eat now. Yeah, which is a really good way of doing it, especially at the start when you're getting the nutrition in Yeah, and you can build up that reserve and that ability to be like, I don't care what they're doing. Exactly. 
Um, it took a while to get to that point where I yeah. was like, I, I need to have my snacks. Or I want to have my snacks. Yeah. But at first it was literally like, no, yeah. I this is a prescription. It's like yeah. my medicine. Exactly. And that's, I think that's a really um, good way of looking at food at first. Yeah. Because we do need to acknowledge that sometimes it is opposite action every single meal. Absolutely. You're not going to be like, yes, my own tea. <laughs> like, it might just... Eventually you get to that point. <laughs> you do. It's great. But, but it doesn't feel like that, especially like when I was living, when I had my, um, I was living the whole time. When I <laughs> had my meal plan on the fridge in this particular share house was when I came out of my first admission yeah. and I still needed to get in the habit of eating six times a day that cool. wasn't forced by the nurses. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big thing for me was having it somewhere obvious to remind me, to remind them because... I don't know, one of them I was really good friends with and she could be like, hey, I didn't see you, like, eat this. Did you have it today? Yeah. And also, yeah, to justify why I needed to do yeah. it. Yeah, which, yeah, I think it's we have to, yeah, acknowledge. I think I've said this, like, five times already. We have to acknowledge. <laughs> but we do have to acknowledge that, like, it is really hard yeah. following a meal plan. And it then is. whilst, you know, in a perfect world, we don't have to justify anything to anyone about our diets it but is really hard it is to, really hard yeah in a diet culture world to feel like you just have the, you know the the implicit a bit like ability to yeah to eat, eat. <laughs> yeah um and if that's what works for you that's absolutely fine and I think it's a really important step um I think yeah for me obviously having my parents when I was younger you know sometimes I'd like ceremoniously one time I like ceremoniously tore it up <laughs> I could picture and, you doing that too. I threw it off the veranda and then like I woke up the next morning and my parents had like sticky tapes and all together. <laughs> I was like, just because you tear it up doesn't mean that it doesn't no, exist anymore. But yeah, like not, they were just like, yeah, we're going to put it back together, bitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, having like for me in my recovery, having my parents aware of exactly yeah. what I needed helped. Even when I was, you know, past the stage of literally tearing it up, up. <laughs> having someone being like, hey, you need to have X and Y for this meal. Yeah. You don't have Y, but you have X. I'll go get you Y. Yeah. Um, it's really helpful because then you don't have to ask yeah. for something that you're missing, but you can show like it makes them know what you need and it's kind of helps you to ask without explicitly asking. Exactly. Because we most of the time we want help. Yeah. It's just we have that barrier. Exactly. That's and a good way of putting it. That meal plan can be like an ameliorator or like a, a, a antidote maybe Yeah, the barrier. Yeah. I don't know. I was trying to like give a metaphor, but it didn't quite get there. <laughs> That's all right. Um, that works. <laughs> thank you. Okay. And finally, when we talk about accountability, who else do we need to be accountable to? To ourselves. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> concept yeah but it's really important because you can lie to yourself and you can be so convincing in that yeah. lie that you actually believe the lie a hundred percent um yeah I think at various stages of my recovery being like I'm doing so good <laughs> and then like one thing tips me over and I'm like oh shit I'm, I'm not doing as good as I all. thought no um and it's not because you're trying to cheat the system you're not no, trying to cheat yourself none of that sometimes you just really want to wish that you're doing that good exactly or that you're, you're just like, you know, sick of being sick. Yeah. You're just sort of like, you know, trying to will yourself into recovery. Will yourself to be better, exactly. Yeah. Feel like, yeah. Yeah, you can almost convince yourself that you're doing completely fine as you sit there like sobbing over lunch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes even like I know um, when you have really entrenched thoughts 
as you do with an eating disorder. Yes. Wow, it was a roundabout way of coming there. We got there. <laughs> um, sometimes, like you know, like I'm in a really good place. Like basically, I consider myself recovered. Blah blah blah. But like, because my, you know, I've been thinking a certain way for such a long time. Like sometimes yeah. I go and like get a piece of like a snack or something, and my head's just like. Nah, but then I'm like, wait, wait, why yeah. not? Why exactly? <laughs> why, not? why are we not doing this? But yeah. it's because it's so ingrained. That yeah, it's like an and automatic it's, response. Yeah, and it's never something as explicit as being like, don't eat. But it would be like a food rule that's been stuck in my head for a thousand yeah. years, and you'd feel something, and you're like, no, actually, that doesn't align with anything I believe yeah. in anymore. But yeah, that's so, a good way of accountability. It doesn't align with my values. Yeah and what I want out of life. Yeah, and being like, actually, no, I really enjoy this food. That's yeah. just this old, old narrative. Old, yeah, that we don't um, listen to anymore. Yeah, but it's important to check in with yourself, whether you're at the start of recovery or the end of recovery. I think yeah. being honest with yourself is the most important part. And you need, especially when you first start with trying to be accountable and responsible to, responsible, I meant to say honest, um, <laughs> honest with yourself, responsible, it kind of works too. Anyway, when you first like start doing that, it's really important to actually consciously check in with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think we've said this before, but same time every day is yeah, really. Yeah, I really like that. Advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it triggers it for you and eventually it becomes automatic, but it takes a lot of deliberate days before it becomes automatic. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, okay. I think we're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> kind of covers all the accountability that we wanted yeah, to cover. Go team. Didn't um, even didn't even have to stop and start. No, so. we did well today. Yeah. Just Helped pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> um, as always, if it's brought up anything for you, you can head to I'm not podcast on Instagram. You can find links to EDB, EDQ, Butterfly and Lifeline. Yeah, which are great organizations to keep accountable. Absolutely. <laughs>